Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Good morning, Mateo. How's it going? Yeah, I'm fantastic, brother. How are you? Good, good. I'm saying good morning, but I think this is week two in a row. We're actually recording in the afternoon, yeah, so I'm just lying. I'm a liar. You know, I, you know, I just roll with you. You know, it's <laughs> good. Makes sense. Yeah. Still got my coffee, so we can call it morning. All right, that's that's good. I, I need to get another coffee here. Uh, well, you know, we'll jump right into it. Season three, episode twenty-one, our eighty-first episode. If if that's when it's going out, it might be your 82nd. I don't know. We've got a couple banked, which feels pretty good because we don't normally do that, but we're uh, we're, we're gearing up. It's a couple days before Thanksgiving. We're recording this, and we're actually not putting one out. Um, this will be in the future, but if you're thinking about it, we're not putting one out the day of Thanksgiving. Oh, I know. Any, anything exciting. else you want to share from behind the curtain? Mr. I don't know. So, sometimes I like sharing <laughs> some different things. You know, I, I, I was a fan of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, yeah, uh, me too. Growing up, you know, man behind the curtain. But I'll, you know, let's introduce our guests. Introduce our damn guest, Mateo. So I, you know, I, this, this guest needs no introduction. And if I'm not mistaken, he's actually our first. Our first guest, our first repeat, official repeat guest. Yeah. Yeah. A year and a half later, more than a year and a half. We've been going, I mean, 81 episodes, 81, 82, 83. We've recorded that many episodes now. Yeah. Insane. Impressive. It's a lot, it's a lot in the span of time. It I, is. It, so if you can't tell by his voice, uh, it, you know, as you've already known, my boy, my brother, my good friend, another rented alum, uh, which we will dig into this week, uh, but the one and only, uh, the one that the industry has been missing, Michael Golden, brother. How are you? Good. Good to see you. We're, we're all a family now because uh, yeah, John's I, background at track and <laughs> our background at rented it's just you know but like we really do got to start recording these like pre-cuts to a certain extent because like you and john are like related for real like and and fun fact about michael golden he is also related to martin luther if i'm not mistaken is that yep, right like that martin, is correct. The, the martin luther who after the big schism in the church created you know translated the bible Right. All of those things. Uh, and I think did I, we, we were talking about that walking around Prague. <laughs> it was the most random fact in the world. I was like, we, we get into some deep chats, Mateo. We do, bro. Take us down yes. some, some rabbit holes. Many times, so. <laughs> I'm the only one that falls down the hole like I fell in Prague. <laughs> <laughs> that was for other reasons. Yeah. A little too much. But all that to say, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome back. Appreciate it. Honored. I'm uh, I'm the first repeat and mm-hmm. the lucky number 81, 82, 83. Yeah, we don't know. We're, we're just going to say you're one of those lucky numbers. I'm pretty excited to have you back. It. But it. it's not really nepotism. There's some cool shit going on. Like, you know, I, I don't know if people have kind of, I know, I've noticed you haven't been as heavy on the conference circuit. Uh, or in as many places, but I, I think I'm spoiled because I can t- I get to talk to you, so I you know I I know these things. But you have some really 
uh, outstanding things going on, man. Um, and one of the reasons that we definitely wanted to have you back on was to talk about that. But, you know, let's, uh, what have you been up to? Other than good morning hospitality, brother, there's some things uh, you need to tell the world about that we want to dig into. So speaking yeah. of background and who you're related to. Well, I mean, well, but, but before you get into it here, and a quick pause here, when we first had you on, we didn't really know each other. Like we had, you know, at that point, we had like stumbled past each other a few times at a conference, but we never, you know, I'm like, who's this tall guy? Who's this tall drink of water? You know, I, <laughs> but never really, never really connected on for whatever reason, first true introduction, first true conversation was probably on the podcast. Um, Teo and I had been together for quite a while as far as, you know, friendship and whatnot. But since then, we've had multiple times to go ahead and get to know each other outside of this. And I feel that I, I feel that I'm more equipped to be on this podcast with you this time around than I was with our first podcast. So stoked to have you on. That's how Will and I started Good Morning Hospitality was I was a guest on his show and we kind of like, dude, that was great. We riffed really well together. We should just do this, you know, together. And and we did. And similar to to our chat, you know, episode one, we've been on stage together at conferences yeah, and okay. we've kept in touch with the different moves that uh, that we've made since the time uh, the, the first chat. So, yeah, it's cool to see you know the industry as big as it is. I think everyone also knows how small it is too. Um, so, appreciate you guys having me back and and uh, letting me kind of tell this storied story and, and what we're working on and how it ties in with John. So, during COVID lockdowns, my wife and I were just kind of spitballing of what we're going to do when we're rich and retired young, very far off of that now, um, not so young <laughs> as, as we were. And I, I said, I want to own a castle. And Kristen said, well, as long as it has stables for my horses, then that's fine. So I was like, boom, perfect. I'm going to go own a castle. How do I go own a castle? We took a trip over to Ireland two years ago um, stayed in a beautiful castle hotel and realized like these places are all over the UK and Ireland. So I came back, I talked with a couple people, co-founder of mine now was planning his wedding in England and they wanted to get married in a manor house, but couldn't find one because all of the searches on OTAs are, are built for cities. If you're talking a tiny little town in the English countryside, it's hard to find. And, and what's a what is a manor home? If you wouldn't mind, like that, you know, specifically, what is a manor home? Yeah, manor home. A lot of Americans, including myself, when I got into this, would have called it just a castle or a palace or something. But it it's some stately home that was owned by a noble person. Doesn't have to be royalty, but they were land owners and title owners, lords, ladies, you know, earls, different titles throughout uh, different regions. But they were stately properties ranging in size from, you know, eight to 10 bedrooms to 100, 100 plus. So they, they can vary quite, quite differently. But if you look at them, they're inspiring. And you know, there's stories that can be told from these properties and Probably some really cool things happen and probably some really dark things happen. 
right. right. So when we, we decided we wanted to launch a, a collection and ultimately a brand, what we found was there's this link to all these properties through Ancestry. The, the second property that I signed up in our portfolio, it's called Fenton Tower. It was my 15th great-grandfather's property. No one in my family knew about that. I was just doing some history on it, on the property before my, my call with them and saw a name that looked familiar because I had done my ancestry before right? and cross-referenced it. And sure enough, it's the same guy. And then you do the that's math. That's insane, by the way. That's yeah, insane. That's crazy. Can we talk I, about this 15th grandfather? <laughs> like, so even going back, but the fact that you can even know that, right? Like it's, it's insane to me, but it also... I think it speaks to the draw and the allure of what these manor homes and castles and estates, like, you know, all of these properties have stories and the majority of these stories are unknown, right? Because there's, I mean, throughout Europe, you just mentioned the UK and Ireland, but Spain, Italy, Portugal, like they're littered like literally like spread out through all France of these France has more lands. per capita than anywhere. Were, right. right. So that that is dope, man. So how did you, so like keep running it down? Like I, you found out you were connected, and there's a an amazing link with an accessory. No brand or strategic partnership there, but like, how, where does this go from there? Because it's like I, I'm assuming these are broad ranging and broad reaching, right? Like you know, look yeah. at where you are. You're in Georgia, like, and this estate is how many thousands of miles away? How many generations back? Like the yeah, power and connecting those dots. Yeah. So going back to 15, 16 generations, you're talking probably close to a million people alive today that are also related to the same person. Right. So it seems really cool and unique. And it is like, you know, 1 million out of the 8 billion people that are alive. But you start doing that, that property had maybe 10 owners through history. And so now you're talking, you know, total, total back and back and math, but call it 10 million people. That's one property. Right. And we've got, we signed our 42nd and third today. So like multiply that out by all these different properties. You know, everyone that's traveling these days wants an experience. Like we, we talk about experiences a lot in hospitality, but there's no stronger experience than showing up to a place that like had that person not existed, neither would you. And like thinking about all the things that happened there that had to have happened for you to be here, but also like all the historical things that happened at these places. Mary Queen of Scots has ties to hiding out in this property that was in my, my family tree and, you know, the Scottish English wars and all of these like wild things throughout history, these places were the center of their areas for government things. We've got one property that Guy Fawkes raised money for to go blow up uh, parliament, right? For the 5th of November. So there's just wild stories that come out of these and the connections that you can have to these different different stories and people it's so is different. the experience. It's so different too. Think about, you know, North America, think about the United States in general. You know, we are a melting pot of for 
over time of everyone either coming to explore or escape or rebel or whatever the case, they came to the U.S. and North America at that time over centuries to to create a new world and a new life for themselves. But they thought that they all came from someplace like like other than Native Americans. Th- those people that were here previous to to us to to settlements coming over, they all came from Europe or or Asia, mostly Europe, and in and they stand and that, so to follow this lineage back and it's into a in a relatively small area. Like if you think about Europe in general and the size of Europe in these countries that, that it's representing, to, compared to the size of the U.S. And the geographical landmass we are here, it's relatively close. So you have a couple that has come from two different lineages that want to go ahead and explore where they both came from. They might be in two separate countries or three separate countries because there's been break breakings of those that lineage over time and divorce and all this different shit that we are very prone to here in the U.S. makes it even more complicated, but also even more exciting in more ways to go ahead and connect it. Hey, I'm half this. I'm half that. This my my on my father's side was to this, on my mother's side was that. It's super friggin' interesting to me. I like I'm I I can nerd out on this, uh, like pretty deep. And I and that's the draw for you. Like I love exactly. I love what you all are building because like I'm a guy that can nerd on this. That's done zero homework because I just haven't found the time to do it yet. My wife on the other hand's done uh, done homework. My sister's done homework. My my family's done homework on this. I'm just like, listen to the stories. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Someday maybe I'll do my own homework, but yep. I don't. Well, in in most families, there's someone who's done it. And if one person mm-hmm. in the family's done it, then that family knows, right? Right, right. And if that family finds interesting bits, I know my my mom's clamoring to go to Fenton Tower in Scotland because like her, her sister, her brother, all the kids, like, you just need one or two people to do it. And whenever a question about our family lineage comes up within my larger cousins, aunts, uncles, everyone asks me, right? I bet it's even more now, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, so, and there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of misconceptions that happen too. But what you just described, John, is the number two most most common hobby for Americans, which is genealogy. I think number one is gardening. So people love to dive in. They love to know who they are, where they came from. And we, we want to be a bridge between the ancestry and the history of these places. Some people love World War II history. And we've got some properties where the prime minister of Poland, right after the Nazis invaded, stayed at this one hotel, uh, Rubens at the Palace in London, for years and basically tried to run the country from there. Um, there's one place up in Scotland that D-Day was, uh, was planned out by Eisenhower and Churchill together, like at this property. So our goal is just to tell all these stories and just build content to where People can have this tie and this relation with these places and, and remember it, go and experience it. Like the days of having a beach vacation, like those are great for family memories, but the stories you tell after you get home from 
you know, an ancestral trip or, or even staying in a place that has such insane history, it, it just reverberates. hundred percent. And, and let, let's talk about the, the, the branding of what you've built too, because it, you know, mm-hmm. story collection, it's super strong. You're just, you've mentioned stories like five times in our conversation you know, the, the ca- obviously you got that arch there, the castle, like it's, I mean, that's pretty strong, but the, it's, the actually, name- it's actually two bookends too. So it's, it's bookends with the little arch for the castle. Okay. So, so yeah, connect that part, Michael. So like, let's talk about the vision, like even with, with the creative spark and like what you've done with that book and like, how did this come from like, wow, this is cool. Uh, this is amazing. People love this. You know, you're, you're connecting the, the the hobby of ancestry research um, or, you know, that the the need and, and the desire of people to have that, bringing it into hospitality because it is, you know, it could be a double-edged sword, right? Like it, there's good and bad with each of these properties, right? Like it, it, it allegedly, as history has taught us, like the story's not always a great one and a grand one, but it's a real one, right? Yep. And it's a, it's a, it's part of the human story. And you know, one of the things I love about what you guys are doing in this is you don't shy away from that, and you you're honest about like all of this. But the connective tissue is that this is a real story, right? Affecting real people, and people want to know that story. So how does this play, you know, from that emotional need into a hospitality demand and desire? Like, where did that vision take you? Yeah, I think it's a combination of two of my interests and passions. Like, I love history in general, lots of different types of history through through years and generations. And I've obviously been in travel for most of my career. And no one's doing this. And we'll find out if there, there's a reason why or not. Right. Uh, it's still early days for us, but everyone we've spoken to just casually even, you know, John, your wife's last name is Campbell. She's got ties to some of our properties. Yep. Uh, so people are fascinated with where they come from, who they are, and people love to travel. And ancestral travel or heritage travel is a trend that's just continued to go up and up through the years. Uh, traveling back to where your grandparents or 10 times great-grandparents. I've been in the South most of my life and everyone here, and I'm sure it's the same, you know, in Portland or up in uh, the the wintry cold lands, but everyone has like, has this, oh, I'm Scottish or I'm English or I come from Ireland. Like, I mean, I'm 10 generations Georgian but I'm still Scottish, right? Which is, is a weird thing that doesn't happen in any other countries in the world. But in, in America, we do that. So how, how it ties in, I think we kind of just fumbled into it a little bit. Our original name was not storied. It was Caste because we were focusing just on castles, people staying uh, in castles. Thank, and, God. Uh, thank it, God for the edit. Wait, yeah. really? Cat and and I say this because I love you and I would tell you the same thing on this spot. Cast stay exactly. Is that is that your idea? No, um, are you, it's okay. Are, really? who, are you, who are you throwing under the bus? Yeah. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I ran with it. You know, it's a castle. You stay in it. Yada yada. But we were but, meeting with one of the first companies that signed up, and they're like, "Love what you're doing. Love what you're building. Hate the name." And we're like, "All right, 
we'll change the date. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Enough said. So uh, up definitely, definitely, you know, plus one, plus one, plus one. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm with you. That would have been my point too. <laughs> I, we got to talk about that. So now we are. Right. Yeah. But, and, and the cool thing is like Castay, we were only looking at castles. Now we've got manor houses. We've got townhouses like in city centers that have cool stories that tie into it. It broadens it's the story. I mean, yeah. it's it's, exactly. it's the history. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point. I I you know, and I I love this pivot, and I, I'm glad you caught it early. I'm glad I'm glad your your prospects or or your first signees. <laughs> Thanks, Suze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that that was caught early because I mean, this is so much stronger. And it it really is it it's the tie to the ancestry where Caste is not. Caste is like, hey, you're going to stay at the damn castle, right. which is cool and and like I I'm down, right? Don't get me wrong, but story like that's like that that's what pulls yes. on those heartstrings. That's what pulls on that that what what you're trying to do here. And you know, to, to build on that, like I I've been following your social and it's really cool. It's cool to see. And I, I'm not a, I'm not an F1 or indie car guy, but like you got some, you got a, uh, you got some cool people that are getting behind that are investing in what you're all are doing. Um, so I can't recall the name. I'm sure you can on the top, you know, but Remain, you got some Romain Grishon. Okay. Perfect. Romain Grishon. Uh, shout out to Romain. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool. Like, and, and like you're getting investment from people that are out there in the space and you got a lot of cool ideas that you shared with us. And I don't know what you can share with the podcast about where, where you're taking, like, you know, where you have this now and you're, you're growing your inventory. And, and I'm not saying that's easy because we're all in sales and growing inventory. is not easy, but you're doing what you're doing and it's, and it's moving in a positive, uh, you know, direction. But you got some really cool ideas to take this step further, and you got some neat partnerships that are coming out of this. Is is there anything you could talk about with us? Yeah, I mean, I think broadly speaking, we have incredible stories. We have lineages. We are fishing in ponds that no one else is, and that's that's the goal and the innovation of what we're doing. We're not a luxury hotel chain. Those are cool. Everyone likes luxury. Not everybody can afford luxury. The properties in our collection range from 120 bucks a night to 1200 bucks a night. Right. We, we don't discriminate on price. Uh, we do have standards that, that each property has to meet in terms of guest satisfaction and cleanliness and all of those typical things you'd want out of a hotel. But what our thesis is, is that people will go stay in places that they are drawn to. And they can be drawn to maybe they own a clothing company and they they sell rain gear. The inventor of the raincoat owned a castle in Scotland that is in our portfolio, right? right? It could be anything. They could be obsessed with Guinness beer. The son of the Guinness family that, that took over the brand owned a castle in our portfolio. It just it could be a personal tie with your ancestry, or it could just be an interest. And the more content and the more stories we can get out there, the more we assume people are gonna gonna book. So, I mean, a lot of things are on the table right now. There's some partnerships that are pretty obvious that uh, we're we're getting close with. So, I think um, more to come there. But we're not bidding on keywords, competing with 
Airbnb and booking.com. Well, and let's, uh, right. and I love that. Yeah, cause that's because that's the only other is. ones that you see right in the space that have the ads on TV and that are throwing those things out there. Right. It's. And, and for our listeners, like this is not, you know, we are the Nobia short-term rental podcast. You know, this is, you know, we have Michael on because this is really cool. This is hotels. This is not a short-term rental. It's, it's, a, it's different. It's hospitality. And, and Michael comes from, comes from our world and he, and he's our brother and, and what he's doing and what they're doing is absolutely amazing. But, you know, you're not, this isn't a Verbo properties. These aren't short-term rentals. This is in vacation rentals. It is a hotel. It's set up like a hotel. It's run, all, everything is operated in a hotel space, but a focus on and, the Wait, and I can't rent, can I rent the whole castle if I want to? So yes, and, and that's, that's oh. our starting point. Hotels are easiest to monetize. Yeah. There's, you know, we've got 2,200 rooms now and, and growing literally every day. Um, so it's easier to sell you know, one room at 400 bucks than an entire castle at 20 grand. Yeah. But there are properties in our portfolio. You can rent the entire thing. Um, mm -hmm. In the US, we don't really have this type of property. But in the UK and in Ireland, it's called exclusive use, mm -hmm. where you basically get staff of the property, but the whole property is yours. It could be eight rooms. It could be 20. It could be 50. The whole place is yours, but it comes with service. So we, we don't have any like pure, pure play. Here's the keys. You go do your own thing. But we do have places that are full exclusive use properties. And my but, bet is you're 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 coming to that and it's an agenda and you're building an experience and it's catered and you know you're talking about full use you're setting all this up ahead of time, uh, so it's again it's it's an experience yeah um, and that's why that's what you're selling or the the uh, the tickets to experiences so exactly and that's my question too though like it's got to have your hand your fingerprints all over this so i know you're bringing parallels in in some of the things from the industry into this experience cuz it's not traditional hotel hospitality either right like are there you know will there be a crossing of the worlds like will a mending of the worlds at a certain point yeah and i don't know when this is going to air or if uh, my co-founder is going to kill me for mentioning this too early. Yeah, we'll but, cut it out if we need to. <laughs> but we signed uh, Hampton Court Palace, which is part of like the Queen's palaces uh, across across the UK. Like the Tower of London is also in this historic royal palaces collection. Oh wow! Oh, damn. they don't rent it out to anybody. Uh, you have to go through them, mm -hmm. but. We just listed Hampton Court, which is, check it out. It's unbelievable. We can have the link in the show notes. Yeah. Click here. Uh, <laughs> but they want to start bringing instant bookable to, to these places. If you want to get married at it or you want to host a party, click, click. How many people? What date? 45 grand, right? And instead of touring three of the palaces and all of that, you know, they, they want to get with the times and have properties booked instantly. So I think we can bring some technology and some, some insight to some properties that have done things pen and paper, you know, old school style for a long, long time, just to make it better for, for everybody. Now, 
you know, if you want to bring in your own chef for an event, you want whiskey tastings or golf outings and all that, like you can certainly do all of it. But like Hampton Court, for example, you want to get married at a freaking palace in London, do it. Uh, and we're the, the first company that's not going directly directly with them that uh, that the property's on. Wow, this is uh, I, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, you is... know, whenever whenever we need to put this out, just let us know. Yeah, yeah. look, the list the listing's up. So uh, that's that's uh, that's definitely the stuff that fairy tales are made of, right there. That's uh, that's one of the premier ones, right there. Now you can't we'll, stay in we'll that record. one. That's for events, but we also have a property right across the street. That it's called the Mitre that you can book and, and stay in. Literally, but you can get across, married there. Crash in. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty phenomenal. So you want to act like a queen, get married. There you go. Yeah, you and you know, someone has the budget for that. You know, I I don't have the budget for that, but someone does. And and these experiences are like yeah. I couldn't imagine. And like and and that's what's so it's so neat about it is to go ahead and and picture yourself and and you know as a history you know you're a history buff right and and you think about how it was back then and, and you know even you know getting up in your day-to-day what that your day-to-day was like there's a lot of times that you know we're just sitting around the house my wife and i were like huh if only we didn't have all this tech and if only it was like a little simpler or you know it was still hard it was different it's a different type of life but to go ahead and and experience parts of that even you know is 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 really cool and like uh, this is this is awesome yeah i mean we want to get to the point where we're hosting like themed parties. Bridgerton, I don't know if you guys have watched it. If you're your wives have I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Nah. But keep it's, going. That's it's actually fun. good, Mateo. Give it a I've, shot. I've heard I, look, I, I don't you know I don't watch a lot of TV anyway. So it, it's I, the, the Downton Abbey I I couldn't get into. Bridgerton was was entertaining. Yeah, uh, I I couldn't get into Downton Abbey. I'm I'm more of a, a peaky blinders esque you know that i, I have i have gotten into to some peaky blinders but it's like different, pop culture right now is is very kind of uk heavy um with those with the crown uh with the queen's passing like yeah there, there's a lot of interest around these properties manor houses castles it's i think you know timing is is good for us from that standpoint but Back to your your question earlier, Mateo. Like, there's there's lots of spinoffs we can do, and, and we want to have a Bridgerton themed party at one of our places. You can theme parties based on the place and draw audiences based on those themes, and that's how you you build a brand that people want to like. These places are old and stuffy for the most part, and and we want to bring some life into them and make history cool and have younger audiences drawn out. Places you can put on the attire from those years and roll up in a, you know, horse-drawn carriage and pop out with your cane, you know. No, I could but totally it, see you doing that. I could see you totally. Like, I just picture I just close my eyes and thought you was a cane. Oh, it was, it was yeah. more like a scepter, though. Yeah. Hey, even better, even better. Yeah. Just, just uh, the powdered wigs, man. Just you know, make sure your powder's fresh. So, so we'll invite the podcast out when we do a. Uh, when we do an event, but like there's there's just a lot of cool angles we can do that I think a lot of brands might be scared to do or aren't innovative enough to think of. 
Well, I mean, you're putting yourself out there, right? You're putting yourself in the in in and that's the the scary thing and the exciting thing about doing something that hasn't been done before is like, all right, how do we go ahead and put ourselves out there? Because you have a you have a gut feeling, and you're it's a it's more than a gut. Your gut is is backed up by a lot of talk and a lot of interest in exactly what you're doing. But the problem behind that is there hasn't been a ton of money thrown at it yet in the way that in this way specifically. Yep, and great. So you're, you're betting on yourself and so you're betting in, in your ideas. And there's nothing I like more in entrepreneurship that is groundbreaking and doing something different and exciting that like, like, like you're the first, there's going to be other companies trying to replicate what you're doing. And they might already be doing because they're like, holy fuck, we missed the boat. Or we better jump in right now. Don't do it. Hashtag don't do it. Uh, let, let's let these guys get, have a run at it for a little we've bit. Already had, we've already had two of those calls. Um, one of them said we beat them to it and they want to invest. Nothing wrong and, with that. Yeah, not mad at that at all. Yeah. And, and there's one more that has a lot of interesting angles um, that, that we're chatting with ways to explore tying it all in. So, yeah. That's cool. I mean, I, that's that's what is exciting about. And and that's why like I, I love... We love what you're doing here. It's, you know, it's really, really cool, man. Like, and like, you know, we've talked offline, like about some of the other stuff you got going that you know, you're not going to mention. And it's, it's exciting. Like, it's very exciting. It, got, like, got some it's cool out stuff. of worlds that I've ever been in before, which is fun. Like, I, I love being able to shift from short-term rentals purely for the past seven or so years and learning a lot more about hotels and operations, learning about you know, leveraging my, what I've learned in partnerships with what we're doing in, in various different partnerships, learning different worlds from, from LA to New York to all over. It's, it's just this... Read between the lines. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's somewhere that we never thought getting into it. We would be in LA, right? But Right. There, there we were, and you know, things are looking pretty solid. And and I'll fill you guys in offline a little bit more, but hopefully more to come publicly there in the, in the coming year. So it's again kind of taking a model that's existed forever, hotel brands, hotel collections, and just doing it a little bit differently. We're not reinventing the wheel. We just are looking at it from a different lens and a different perspective. And you know, our rates of of signing on properties. We're 45 days ahead of where we were expecting to be. Like we, we wanted to launch with 15 properties. We launched with 28. We wanted to end the year at 50. We're at 45 now. We've got- you know, What's, How big's your team? We have four full-time and two part-time. Unbelievable. That's yeah. amazing. And everything's yeah. bookable too. We've had yeah. bookings roll through. Like we got money coming in. So I, I've talked with guys from big companies and they're shocked that- you know, how much money it took us to go from zero to our first dollar in. Got to work. Um, Got to, yeah. Got to get bookable. That's the fun of the scrappy startup, though, in entrepreneurship. Like, we can do things really fast, really cheap, and run. Uh, I think a lot of bigger company people want to be slow and methodical and make sure they don't make mistakes. If you break it, made plenty of mistakes. Yeah. If you break it and you make a mistake, you just pivot. And that's a wonderful thing about being so nimble and so lean is, is like, you know what, you know, you're like, just run. Like, you know, you're going to break something. You know, it's going to, you set expectations with your partners 
ahead of time. Hey, we're, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, we're going to own it and we're going to take care of it. and We're going to fix it. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. And I hate using that analogy because, but like, it's, it's really not hard. It's just, it gets harder with the more red tape you have to deal with. And the more, more, more people, check marks have to be checked in, in that's when it gets hard. You know, ultimately if any one of these larger companies could just make themselves leaner, like then you'd actually get places, you know, and I, you know, shout out to, to, and I, I guess I'm bringing it to, to Hopper shout out to what we're doing at Hopper is we do run like really fast and we break things in, and, and it's a huge reason why it is so successful and is skyrocketed as fast as it has is because we don't have to, you know, the verticals work independently of each other. Um, and so that's pretty nice. And so they, it's, that's a neat combination or a hybrid of being super, super lean and small startup, but also being, you know, having hundreds making, of millions of dollars behind mm -hmm. you. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, in, in, <laughs> I mean, you're no stranger to these small lean startup worlds, rented, noise aware. Like, yeah, they've been great learning lessons, yeah. you know, and you take the, the pros and cons that you learn throughout, um, yeah. and, and apply it. And I think, you know, culturally speaking as well, like Americans tend to hit the gas pedal a lot heavier than, than Brits. You know, one of the other companies that I'm referring to that approached us recently, like you guys executed super fast and super well, like how do we, how do we get involved? Right. Um, so it's the fun part. It also like, you know, can won't make you want to pull your hair out sometimes of like, how do we do this? But we figured it out and we've got a strong team. Like the, the guys and, and gals on our team have done stuff before they've been in startups. They've seen it. You know, Justin was employee number 10 at Airbnb and stayed there 10 years. Like he's seen what a right. rocket ship looks like. And we throw the, the term around rocket ship and in startups a lot, but like to see it from 10 people to 10,000, like that's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. So it's been a lot of fun, man. And and I uh, I look forward to sharing updates with you guys personally and maybe being the first person that's on three times in, in a year or so sharing some cool. I mean, you set some up <laughs> at that at these castles and manor houses. We can we can talk about All right. something. It's, uh, yeah. You're gonna be on that good morning, no BS before you know it. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there you go. There you go. If you're watching it. You're watching on video he's got this amazing uh good morning hospitality mug yeah. um hey thank you so much for joining us michael appreciate you love what you're doing follow the link um in on the website to go ahead and check out story collection if you're listening online uh it is storiedcollection.com don't put two r's in it because that doesn't spell storied i tried that <laughs> Um, yeah, well, and the notes, we'll put the notes in the last. Yeah, yeah, so, so check it out. Super excited to have you on. Um, if you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you smash that like button if you're watching on YouTube and uh, make sure you go to, what if it's that? You're in Spotify and give us a like there. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a like. Leave a review. More reviews, the better. We appreciate all your support. We're excited. We got some really special, big, big podcasts coming up here in the month of December. Uh, maybe right after or even before this, whenever this one ends, you might have already heard it. Who knows? Uh, but excited again. Thanks so much for joining us, Michael. Thanks for you all support. Enjoyed it. Always, man. Thanks for coming.
This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.